What do hummingbirds and sheep have to do with active living? More on that coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. All right, here we go with episode number 53 of the show. My name is Kelly, and if you're new to the show, I'm a mental performance coach by trade and a professional member of the Canadian Sports Psychology Association. I'm also the author of Feel Like It, and the calendar is showing that my book is nearing its first birthday. And I don't know what you get a book for its birthday, for its first birthday, never mind. But I got to get on that, and it's been a pretty wild year, and thanks to each of you who've grabbed a copy, and even more thanks for the wonderful reviews on Goodreads and Amazon. It really makes a guy feel good. Anyhow, I hope you've just finished a week with some motivating movement, the kind that makes you look forward to doing it all over again in the next seven days. And of course, the more that we create and recreate that attraction, that feel-like-it feeling, I feel like showing up, I feel like going the more sustainable exercise becomes in your life. And of course, the more accessible some of these great outcomes become. And that's my focus as a coach, and I hope that's becoming your focus as well, sustainability. Well, I have to say, I had one of the best runs of 2020 so far this past week, the kind that kind of leaves you, you know, riding or floating on cloud nine the rest of the day. I took a long, slow sunrise cruise through some of my local trails. And as I've said dozens of times by now, so I apologize to you, the regular listener, when you choose attractive environments and manage the intensity of exercise just right, you can create something pretty special, almost transcendent, and dare I say spiritual, if that's sort of your bag. And that was the case for me this week. So keep taking control of enjoyment. And just like you, I'm always learning about this process and being better at creating enjoyment is important. And I'm really trying to create it rather than wait for it to happen. That's really the main objective. All right, I don't want to bury the lead for the show any longer. So let's get into the topic for this week. And I want to start by asking you a few questions. Have you ever driven to a grocery store or a shopping center and tried your best to park as close as possible to the store entrance? Have you ever taken a shortcut before, by foot or on foot, you know, to save yourself a few minutes of walking? Or have you ever taken the escalator even though there's a set of stairs right beside it? Yeah, me too, many times. The thing is, most of these decisions are made pretty unconsciously. We see the path of least resistance or an opportunity for efficiency, let's say, and we take it. It's like our default operating system is telling us to take the shortcut when we see one. And when I ask people why they do these things, they inevitably say, or most of them say at some point, I guess I'm just lazy. And it's one of the most common negative narratives that we walk around with, especially when it comes to our relationship with exercise. I don't exercise more because I'm lazy, or I don't do it hard enough, and that makes me lazy. And the definition of laziness is really being unwilling to use or expend energy. And laziness as an idea has deep religious roots as well. It's one of the seven deadly sins in Christianity, otherwise known as sloth. It's also 
one of the most complicated of these deadly sins to define and to isolate in our everyday lives, which is part of the fascination for me because of how easily we judge certain behaviors, how easily we just slap that lazy label on them, considering that this concept is a complex one. We are, in essence, really quick to slap on that lazy tag on some of our behavior, including some of the examples I gave, but also on the behavior of others. Now, this is pretty much as far as my religious studies will take me on this topic, except to say that there's a lot of guilt associated when we aren't productive. Of course, sometimes guilt can be a positive thing in certain situations, including in fitness, because it can tell you that you're acting contrary to an identity you have or a belief you have about yourself. For example, if you truly believe yourself to be a regular exerciser or a regular runner, for example, missing two or three days might trigger some guilt, perhaps helping you kick back into action and realigning your behavior with that identity. But there's also this notion of the Protestant work ethic. Um, It's a phrase coined by Max Weber in his book, The Protestant Ethic and the Spirit of Capitalism. And in short, the Protestant work ethic dictates that obedience to God is achieved through hard work and discipline. Even that leisure activity can be considered disobedient in this regard. And to take it one step further, that we should feel guilty if we're not putting in our max effort in the activities that we choose to engage in. It's all a tangle, if you ask me, and there's really a legacy to that. I mean, religion has been around forever, and some of these beliefs have been around forever too, and they show up in some of the ways that we talk to ourselves. There's this prevalent narrative that I'm lazy if I don't exercise every day, or I'm lazy if I take the escalator instead of the stairs, that sort of thing. And I think it's all a bit of nonsense for a few reasons, not the least of which is we're still animals. And despite how technologically advanced society is and how sophisticated some of our social customs have become and all that sort of stuff, we're still animals. And I just love the phrase that goes, we have Stone Age genes in Space Age times. And that really reflects, I think, part of this overall issue. So it's easy to overlook the propensity of animals to act in ways that completely debunk the notion that we're being lazy when we choose the easy road at times, when we don't give 100% day in and day out to our exercise. And this week, I came across this terrific photo on Reddit, which is part of the inspiration for this week's episode. And it's of a flock of sheep that's trudging along a trench or through a trench that they've made through the deep snow. And when you look at it, and I'll link to it in the show notes, you don't think, what a bunch of lazy jerks. I mean, it's a beautiful picture. And it's really, I think, a very telling one. At the same time, you've probably also heard about how birds ride thermal updrafts to climb to higher altitudes. I mean, come on, eagles, freeloaders. And then, of course, many animals like bats and hummingbirds, a lot of rodents actually go into torpor to lower their body temperature and metabolism when things get cold or resources get scarce. And I mean, come on, get off the couch, you guys. The point is, wild animals are wired to see energy expenditure as precious, really precious. That needless expenditure is a risk to survival, or at least a potential risk to survival. That going single file through huge snowdrifts is smart. That gliding on air currents makes you efficient. So here you are, 
weaving your way through the parking lot looking for that space as close to the front entrance as possible, like it's some sort of sport or puzzle, right? Here you are automatically choosing the elevator or the escalator with stairs right nearby. And the fact is, animals are just wired to spend energy cautiously. And guess what? Again, we're animals. It's why it's hard to take the long way home on your walk from work, right? Personally, it's why I think a lot of us slow down a bit in the winter. We have a penchant to conserve rather than expend, and I think that's locked into our genetic code to some degree. Now tell me, is this laziness? Is this some sort of sinful behavior? Are you indeed a sloth, you know, less productive under the eyes of God? Well, I'd venture a guess that Religious references aside, we question our work ethic at best in some of these situations. At worst, we stick ourselves with that lazy pin, right? That harsh self-judgment that we're lazy. And of course, that doesn't mean that laziness as an idea doesn't exist, that it's not a thing. Absolutely not. Let's just say there's plenty of misattribution in its name these days. That's my position on it. And you have to remember here, it's no coincidence that we've designed our world to suppress our need to be active. That as a species, we're constantly looking for efficiencies and making our lives easier, physically easier especially. I mean, would you ever go skiing if, after your run, you had to hike back to the top on your own? Chairlifts for the win. So let's all give ourselves a break here. And to be active on a regular basis, Today, in 2020, requires some conscious effort. There's no doubt about that. Stone Age genes in Space Age times, right? We need to overcome our conservational default status. We need to create some type of system or plan or approach, whatever you want to call it, to resist the suppressing environment we live in today. Otherwise, we'll just go with the flow, which is... Only be active when it's absolutely necessary. And I mean, if you look at it, manual labor is disappearing rapidly, especially in the last 50 to 100 years or so. The default setting, again, for physical activity, has then changed drastically. You're not guaranteed X amount of lifting and carrying anymore. You're not guaranteed X amount of aerobic exercise. That's all gone. There are no guarantees anymore. There are no... Act, the, the, the default status is not an active one. The default setting, I should say, is not an active one. And willpower is not the solution here. It will never be able to outmuscle the state of our environment. Not for long, at least. And I know that you guys, as individuals, your exercise history probably tells that story too, right? I don't have to. I think I'm probably preaching to the choir. So we need to have a plan with activities that we're attracted to. That way, less effort is required to get to the starting line, and that motive can overcome the human tendency to conserve. Enjoyment really matters. I've said that a hundred times on the show already, and I'm going to continue to return to it. It's really the rocket fuel that can overcome the gravity of the couch and this default setting that we're sort of stuck with. It's not going anywhere. And like I've said many times, though, enjoyment is highly contingent on the types of activities you choose to do, the atmospheres in which you do them, and how you do them, how you perform them on the fly. And 
it goes back to kind of how I started the show, that I went on this great run where I dialed back the intensity and I did it in one of my favorite places on earth, which is the woods. And it all came together. And it's just another reminder that we have so much control over this. And when you take control over it, you can start overcoming these default barriers that we all face. Overlook this fact that enjoyment really matters. And that default status is going to win out time and time again. All right, that's all for this week. I'll get off my soapbox. You can now support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon. I'll link to that in the show notes. As usual, I hope you have a week ahead of enjoyable exercise. Until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.